you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello there. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Spin the Rally Pod. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan, reporter, broadcaster, commentator, podcast host, and huge Craig Breen fan. And with me today, former team boss George Donaldson, the voice of Rally Colin Clark, and senior staff writer at Dirtfish.com, David Evans. And we're here to talk about a man that we all loved, a man we have never tired of talking about or watching, the absolutely fantastic Craig Breen. Killed last week while preparing his Hyundai for Rally Croatia. He was just 33 years old. He was a brilliant human being whose greatest passion was driving a rally car. And of course, a good cup of tea, which reminds me, I need to pop the milk in mine. So uh, there we go. Um, He'd won a couple of titles when he agreed to do some stage end reporting for World Rally Radio. I tried to get the nickname The T-Boy to stick. Um, It didn't. Uh, I'm not sure... What was better, though, his questions to the drivers or their confusion at seeing him at the, with the microphone or his just general input from the stage end. Um, I also want to flag up there's some fantastic tribute videos available online. Lots of content on Dirtfish.com. If you want to be more familiar about Craig Breen and why there has been such a massive outpouring of love for this guy. Um, my first piece of advice as well, don't watch them just before you record a podcast, my second piece of advice, have plenty of tissues handy. Some of these just show a little boy whose glee and enthusiasm for cars never dissipated. And I think everybody can remember meeting Craig Breen. Uh, mine, my memory is for the stage end lads where this teenage driver, all fire in the eyes, sparkling, almost crackling with energy, told us, that is the most fun I've ever had in a car with my clothes on. And that was not what drivers told us. It wasn't the kind of thing that drivers said at the end of the stage. They'd be coolly reserved. But I know now, of course, they were feeling 100% the same way as this young Irish lad who was living his dream and was forever going to wear his heart on his sleeve. Colin, as a stage-end reporter, you got to witness this firsthand. Tell us about your first Mm. memories of Craig. Yeah, yeah, you know, like everyone least really struggling with us all uh you know craig was very special to all of us um particularly us media folk you know I, I, not particularly but you know I, you the media world can be a difficult world at times but craig made it so much easier yeah. so much easier for all of us he really did and and we'll forever be thankful for that um yeah you know <laughs> going back as you say you know craig he, he did work with us a number of times on rally radio and it was an absolute joy and i'll come to some of those stories a bit later on but do you, do you know what i don't actually remember the first time i met craig but the first big memory i've got of craig was 2011 you know that stop line <laughs> in Meharan. uh you know and, and really you know it was that whole season it was you know, remember he had he had a difficult time in portugal he had a difficult time in sardinia he wasn't expected then to mount much of a challenge for the title that year um but he came good towards the end of the season and he came brilliant um on the final round in gb and it you know, I, I did stop lines for, for 20, not quite 20 years, about 18 years, I suppose, 17 years in the WRC. And there are one or two that stand out, uh, one or two moments, one or two stop lines, one or two occasions. Uh, and right at the very top of those standout moments was just the drama, the, uh, the tension, and then the sheer joy of Craig and Gareth when they took that title. Uh, because, you know, let's not forget, you know... Just, it was, just it... to put that in context for younger listeners, of course, mm. the information was so precious from the stage end that being yeah. there, you were not just experiencing it. You were telling people, teams, family, all the rally fans Absolutely. who were listening, you were the first port of information for it, which is why it was so... Yeah, um, it was a big responsibility. Big responsibility, Lisa, and, and we, we, we enjoyed every second of it, but that... 
But that moment, you know, it was it was a half a million euro prize. I, I seem to remember, and life changing, absolutely life changing, and and you know that 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 drive through Rally GB that year, that stop line, that prize, that win. Um, uh, you know, it was a, if you like, it was a, you know, it was, um, you know, that little boost he needed to to push his career forward. And and as I say, just just the most remarkable occasion. And you know, I, you see joy at stop lines from lots of drivers, uh, but that joy was just absolutely unbridled. And it <laughs> and it, it was a wonderful moment. And just thinking back to, it, and I've I've watched the video a few times over the last couple of days, and it does send shivers um, down the spine again. It, it really was a great moment, George. Well, I, I I first met Craig um, almost sort of slightly remotely, but it would be a couple of years before that when he was just doing the British Championship for the first, uh, maybe the first 18 months or so. And he was competing against Keith Cronin. Keith was in a Subaru, which was where my uh, allegiance at the time lay. And the, that team at the time were quite confident that they were going to manage to, to keep Craig at bay. And I'd, I'd looked at Craig. And I'd, I'd managed to meet him on an event and spoken to him. And, you know, I've, I've always been interested in seeing these young drivers coming through and charting their progress, having been one myself, you know, and, and that's where my interest there lies in understanding how they're approaching it and looking and seeing how far they can get. Because there's, you know, for every one that gets as far as Craig, there's there's probably 20 that could have done, you know, but didn't quite manage it, whether it's talent or just opportunity. And as Colin pointed out, you know, that uh, that win for, for Craig in 2011, so important to allow his career to keep moving. It's just, it's literally event by event or year by year at very best, <clears throat> season by season. Uh, but uh, uh, Craig, I, I remember, uh, um, I don't know whether I spoke to him before he went to Finland or, or after he came back. I certainly spoke to him after he came back, but it was um, most importantly, uh, when I realised he was going, I remember speaking to the the team that was running Keith, saying, you know, they 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 felt they had the measure of Craig, and I said Craig will will be somewhere between half a second and a second and a half quicker when he returns, and you will see that on the very following event, which I think was Cumbria, which as I recall now, I'm I'm thinking back now, and I'm sure people will pick me up for it, but anyway, Craig did come back and was vastly quicker, and you know there was a young driver very early in his career. Going and doing the difficult things, going and doing the things that will develop you as a driver, and that's what made him jump out to me. The fact that he was willing to do that. Here was a guy, young in his career, going away to be shamed in Finland, but coming back so much faster. You know, because you're you're not going to go there and win. You know, you know if you if you wait until you're going to win before you go to Finland, you'll you'll never get there. He went and he he went repeatedly. I think he went in 2009 and 2010 and probably again in 2011. But it made him what he was. He was willing to go out. So as a young, as he as he was starting to become fledgling, I knew that he'd, he'd, uh, I I know that Robert Reed did a bit of mentoring with him and I spoke to Robert about it. And Robert wasn't sure if he had all the the wherewithal to to make it, but, you know, was obviously tutoring him to, to, to that end. Uh, and and I remember, you know, thinking to myself, well, the guy's got the the wherewithal and the the approach to go and do the difficult things. And, you know, he went and did Sweden as well, I think. But he went and did all these events that just made him grow. And he obviously had the passion for it. And I remember thinking to myself, here's a young driver that is going and doing the difficult things. You know, and I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be easy to find the money, but but he did go and do Finland. It makes you quicker. and you know. It, he, he had the right approach, and and that just impressed me at that point. And again, I remember as I as I remember speaking to him, you know, he thought nothing about going to Finland. Yeah, yeah, it was great, but he didn't actually even realise what it had done for him. You know, because he didn't care. It was just great, and that was Craig. For me, <laughs> throughout his whole career, was I don't think he really. Of of course, he had ambition. I mean, don't get me wrong. Of course, he had ambition. Of course, he had target. But for me, it had to be fun for Craig. It had to be. And and it was basically all of it was fun for him, but um, he just he just loved it so much, and he just he did the right things. It was just a, a and it's been said so many times over the last few days, and hap- happily it's mentioned every time it was talked about over the last ten years. Craig just loves this sport so much. You know, he's just another Yari Matty in terms of encyclopedia, but in terms of the heart for the rallying, he was unique. You know, I don't think anybody had more heart and love and passion for the sport than he had. 
Hi, this is Steve Rimmer from Dirtfish. To me, Craig Breen was everything that so many people have already said about him. Talented, competitive, approachable, engaging, knowledgeable, thoughtful and considerate, supportive of others in the rally world and of rally itself. And most of all, he was loved by all who he met. I had the pleasure of jumping into a Group A Subaru with Craig at a rally day in the UK. It was a last minute um, opportunity and I jumped in the car with him on the start line. My distinct recollection was after welcoming me, he said, this is the first time I've driven the car to which I thought, well, this might be interesting. This first corner on the courses set up was a square left with a concrete barrier in front of it into a square right with another concrete barrier. And what I was immediately aware of was Craig's capabilities and skills as a driver because I didn't go around those corners with anybody else faster that whole weekend. And it just felt so natural, so flowing and an unbelievable experience that I will never forget. We'll obviously all miss Craig tremendously and regret that we didn't have more time to spend with him. Rest in peace, Craig Reed. David, can you tell us, at that time when Craig was coming up on the outside fast, you had to be everywhere all at once. As Were you, were you at Autosport? Just yep. pen and paper in those days. Well, exactly, Lise. Um, and I, I like Colt, you know, I can't remember exactly the, the first time I met Craig. It, I remember him, like George said, doing a couple of um, foreign WRC rounds, probably in, in around 09. He was obviously then part of the Pirelli Star Driver program. So I, I did a little bit of work with, with Robert and with Brian Cameron and people training. So it, I probably met him there, but for me, you know, the the absolutely first time I spent any significant amount of time together was when neither of us wanted to be together at all, uh, and it was on the bus home from Turkey uh, in, uh, in, uh, in in 2010 when Craig had gone over to do to do the event in Turkey, which, as George said, you know, it was typical of Craig that he looked outside of the box to go and, and challenge himself yeah. and. And I remember Brilliant. vividly, we set out from there on the Monday, didn't we, Carl? It was Monday afternoon. Yeah, um, Monday afternoon, but three o'clock, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and we progressed uh, down the road. And I can't remember if it was exactly the following. It must have been like the following Friday, Saturday. It was the Pirelli, uh, which was a Pirelli International, which was a round of the British Championship, which Craig was doing. Uh, and as we'd sort of predicted that we'd get back into the UK late night Wednesday or something, something there was certainly when we set out enough time for him to make it to yeah. um, Carlisle for the Pirelli. And as we slowed down and got lost at every other time, <laughs> uh, it became Turned right quite into Romania. It absolutely <laughs> became quite obvious that, that it was going to be very, very challenging to make it. And just seeing Craig, the emotion, you know, a really young fella then. Uh, it, it was breaking his heart. You know, he was sitting on this bus, the most frustrated person in the world, with a, with a, a Ford Fiesta S2000 waiting for him in Carlisle, and he couldn't get to it. Um, and, and ultimately, in the end, he just about did make it. Uh, and I've just checked ewrc.com, results.com, and he finished third. Um, but, you know, oh, just yeah. th through, through that whole process of that bus trip, uh, him, and, him and Jaffa were just brilliant you know they were they were great great company uh and just a memory of just talking about stuff that i couldn't believe that what would he have been probably early 20s or 20 i don't know really young fella then how could he know all this stuff uh and it was only sort of subsequently as we all got to know craig a lot better we just knew that you know somebody who knew exactly what frank mar had done uh, in in 1992 on the circuit of Ireland to win the event, 
He knew that intimately. He knew so many events so intimately just because he was he was a great historian um, and, and loved every aspect. And one thing, last point I'll make here is that it wasn't just uh, Irish tarmac rallying or Irish rallying specific. You know, he knew all about Roger Clark. He knew all about British drivers. He knew all about French drivers. He just knew everything about the sport. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, I've gone on for too long. That was the, the 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 long, short answer was, I think, probably the first time I really met him was on that bus. Yeah, nothing, nothing too long when we're talking um, with love about Craig Breen here on Spin the Rally Pod. I want to go back to that early success because, as you say, Colin, that... 2011 win in the WRC Academy was was financially massive. Um, I remember being down in the cow shed in Bilth Wells when the car came back in. Alongside Gareth Roberts, it's gone down in rallying history. You were at the stage end then, Colin. Stand by, Jules might get it quicker. Stand by, 18.15. We don't know yet. We don't know. He has had to pass that car in the stage because that's come in with damage to the rear. Oh, come on! Jules, Jules knows. He's done it! Breen's done it! Breen has done it! Craig Breen and Gareth Roberts win the inaugural 2011 FIA Academy. And my goodness me, there are scenes of utter, utter joy at the stage end here. Oh, the champagne is flowing. The horns are going on. Poor Egon caused devastation. David, can you put that into some context? Yeah, I mean... It... <laughs> It was a championship, quite simply, that he was never supposed to win. Uh, Cole, you will remember the details far better than I, but it was Egon Cow, wasn't it? The Estonian guy mm. um, oh, who yeah. everybody fancied for the title and didn't just fancy for the title. You know, he was an absolute shoo-in. Brini had this ridiculous task of winning the event and I think winning pretty much every stage because obviously you got bonus points for, for every stage win. Oh, boy, it, it, we were looking for that stopwatch for those and, seconds. And, for sure, you know, I, there was no way in the world I considered, you know, in those days, we probably would have had a page set aside for championship winners. And, and I would almost have written that page about, about Cow. You know, you were so sure. Uh, it, winning at that level on, in those kind of categories, single mate categories, you know, the, the cars are absolutely identical and the margin's just not there to win every stage. But Colin, you uh, carry on. Yeah, just the most, the most incredible, you know, the most incredible experience, as I mentioned earlier on, just to be there to witness that. And it was, you know, the dynamics of that whole rally and then the dynamics of that final stop line were just remarkable. You know, he did have to win every stage, almost an impossible task, but he'd won every stage up to that point. Uh, and then that final stage, it was, it was the Meharan stage. It was very, very challenging. Craig was actually quite early on in terms of the, the cars coming through. So he had to wait. He got the stop line. He set a great time. And then we started watching the splits. And there was all sorts going on in the stage. It was a typical Welsh day. It was wet. It was slippery. I think it might even have been a little bit foggy in places. Uh, and the splits were coming in. Someone went off, I seem to remember. And then there was, oh, my goodness, has Corbin caught behind the car that was coming back on again. He's passed the car. And just the drama as we all waited at the stop line, watching splits. Bex was in my ear. Julian Porter was sat in the timing van waiting for the times to come through as Core completed the stage. And it was probably between, you know, Craig had gone off, Craig and Gareth, they'd parked the car off, they'd come back. I think there were five or six cars before Core came through. It was a good 10 minutes, a good 10 minutes before he came through. And then before we saw Core, obviously the time came up on the timing board, Julian shouted something. Bex almost at the same point said to me in my ear, "That's it. He's done it. He's quicker. He's won the, uh, you know, he's won the stage." And it was just pandemonium. It was absolute unbridled joy and pandemonium. <laughs> and, tears. and always tears. And, and oh, always tears. Tears from from everyone. And, and yeah, you know. And again, just just a privilege, a privilege. And, and I'm going to say it again. One of my favourite quotes. Um, was a quote from Murray Walker when he said the greatest part of his job was to stand at the shoulder of sporting giants and proclaim their greatness to the world. Now at the time, Craig Bream wasn't a sporting giant, but he was on his way, wasn't he? And I had the absolute honour of being able to do that, you know, and, and it, was, it was very, very special to tell people, to, to take people along to that stop line with us and, and just for them to be able to share in that wonderful moment.
I'm Luke Barry, Dirtfish.com's deputy editor. To be honest, I I don't really know what what to say, where to begin, because there are there are no words for a moment like this. There are no words to describe a character as as special, as loved, and as unique as as Craig Greens. I first came across Craig. I think it would have been. 2010 when he was driving a Subaru 2000 car those that know me well know how much I harp on about my experiences watching the the Jim Clark rally in Scotland as a child and I remember instantly backing Craig I knew he was this really young guy I think he must have been just 20 years old at the time or maybe even 19 depending on when the rally fell I can't remember and obviously I was only I think I was 13 13 years old or 12 so I had a bit of a sort of I don't know I, I related to that I related to this young crew and and to be honest I just I just loved his car up against the the group and the Subarus and Mitsubishis this screaming Super 2000 Fiesta was was just amazing to see on the stages um and obviously as I started to get a bit older and started to appreciate more about the way career is going I, I followed him closely as as we all did from that epic WRC Academy title win to the unfortunate news of of twenty twelve and I think it's the older I've got again the more I've realised just how difficult that must have must have been for Craig. I'm I'm not massively old yet, I'm still only twenty five, but it's a good few years older than Craig was then. So the mental fortitude that he showed to to carry on that dream, to take Jaffa with him, it's I, honestly, I don't. I don't actually know how he did it. I don't think I could have done it. Um, it it's incredible. And from there, he was always one of these drivers that, again, now I'm in the position I'm in. We're not meant to have favorites, and I don't have favorites. But particularly back then, and even now, you you can't help but just relate and feel for the guy because he he took us all with him. You always felt like you were on the journey with Craig. It wasn't like he used his fans. To, I I don't even know if he was if he was aware he even had fans anyway. He was he just seen that ground. He just he was one of us. That's the best way for me to try and put it. He really was just a rally fan who was living our dream. He had the chance. He had the talent to be able to to drive these cars, and and he took us he took us with him. I think that's what really soothes me almost in a way to. To know that Sweden this year, he he got the chance to to be the Craig we all know Craig was. He he was happy. He was he was loving his office. It was all coming effortlessly. That to me was Craig Breen. That's how we should all remember him. That that was what he could do. That's what he gave our sport. And I I don't think it's possible to quantify just how big a loss this is for for not just rallying from a competition level but from a personal level for all of us that, that knew him I I can't say I knew Craig very well I I dealt with him a couple of times but I never quite and you should never have regrets and maybe it's too strong to say it's, it's a regret but I never I never got the chance to really just talk with him to just talk rallying to to talk about all these heroes because I think we would have had a lot in common in terms of what we appreciated and my love for Irish rallying is, it can't be as deep as Craig's, I don't think anybody's is, but it really was on a level, and yeah, it's just, I, I, I must be honest, it's it's probably the hardest thing I've had to, to deal with is accepting this news, so if it's difficult for me, somebody who didn't really know him too well, I, I honestly cannot imagine what the family, what James, what Paul, what anybody that was close to him is, is going through, it's just the most awful news, and I just hope that they all know that we're with them. The rallying family is all here together to remember Craig and we'll never forget him. George, the one thing about Craig that you always say, you've always been at pains to point out, however successful or unsuccessful he was in his attempts, he was always fast. I mean, he was incredible. <clears throat> I don't know if um, I'm sure most of our uh, listeners will have watched our own tribute video to uh, to Craig 
and uh, there's uh, very early on in it. There's the incredible bit of uh, spectator footage in uh, Finland. Left hander doesn't know him. The left hander. Well, it's a, a, a left hander. I mean, it's it's a left hander that goes on about five hundred meters. Uh, it, it it you can't see that far round the corner, but he is flat in. Uh, was it the? I think was it two years ago or was it last year? Was it the six speed car or the or the five speed car? I'm not sure. No anyway, I think it was. It, it was an absolute blur. He's quite clearly absolute. I mean, full Finland fast. I mean, just incredible. It just is the one bit of footage. It, it's it's like the footage of um, of that Hayden Padden when Hayden Padden comes down to a corner far too fast and sideways and then pulls it out through. It's got that that this shot of Craig coming through this left-hander absolutely flat out. And all he's doing is nosing it in further, obviously kicking the back out a little bit with the left foot to keep the, the car in the right place on the road. But he is travelling at whatever speed. I mean, so, something approaching light speed, basically, David. You know, as you said, a blur. I mean, he's definitely supersonic it's, because there's a huge explosion. The fans around, the fans around it realise what they've seen. And they are basically falling around the place in a state of euph euphoric hypnosis because what they've seen is just impossible. The, the video is just one of the guy manages to follow the car, but it is, as you say, David, a blur. But that for me was my lasting impression of, of Craig. He was he had no fear in the fast places. His ability to pull the car through the fast places always meant that he was going to be a rally winner. Always it, it would come to him. Uh, and then last year in the Ford, uh, you know, we, we did, we, you know, when, when Craig started to hit those problems, I started to get all very analytical about everything. So there I was looking at the times, trying to find out, you know, what, what was happening to Craig and what was very apparent. And I was at pains to point out from when we started doing that, which I think was probably before mid-year. Look, he's making the, the or it, the, it's the tiniest of catch outs that's catching him. But the important point was that all the way through the year, he was never crashing the car when he was second or third fastest. He was always pretty well fastest. There was nothing to, to pick up on this on the split. You know, six minutes into a stage, yeah, he's made a mistake and taken a rear wheel off the car. Actually, three other drivers hit the same rock pretty well exactly the same. The, the margins were tiny, absolutely tiny. And his, you know... It, these little kisses he was giving these things, and it and it nearly was always that. Um, he was always on the pace, even in in uh, even in New Zealand when 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 he he slipped off the road at that right hander, and it appeared you know that he he almost gave up quite a ways before the corner, but again he was absolutely on the pace, absolutely on the pace. So Craig was never ever slow. He was always a man. He was as fast as his peers. He was as fast as Cali Rovenpera, as fast as Elfin Evans, as fast as Sebastian Ogier in his day, all and, and capable of repeating it time and time again. So, you know, last year was a terrible year for him. And as he said in Sweden this year, when he when he when he, he, he got that result in Sweden, I'm back. You know, don't let the doubters ever get you down. Well, Craig. Nobody in Dirtfish ever doubted you. We analysed it out and we knew you had it 100% and we vocalised it, mate. But, you know, um, sometimes, it's, well, he, he didn't have the luck of the Irish last year, did he? That's what it's always called, no. the luck of the Irish. He did not have it. But no, well, that's, uh, it, that's rallying for you. It's, it's, it, it's, it's cruel. It's a, it's it a, is very cruel. It's a cruel uh, mistress. And and speaking of that, I, I think we, we do need to address the fact that the untimely death of the man he loved as a brother could have seen Craig quit the sport in 2012. Jaffa, Craig, uh, Gareth Roberts and Craig were such a team. David, the way that Craig handled his loss was heartbreaking, but, but inspiring as well. And, you know, his decision to carry on as a rally driver was a very brave decision. Uh, yeah. It's a, I don't know, Lisa, it's a funny one. You know, I couldn't, I could never imagine Craig staying away from a rally car, um, no. you just you just couldn't. I think he 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 made the decision. Uh, did he make the decision? I think the decision was was always made for him that that he would get back in a car and he would always have Jaffa on his shoulder. You know, there was always that that message on the door. There was always a, a reference to him. 
Um, and, you know, Craig is a, a very spiritual guy. Uh, and I think he genuinely felt Jaff with him uh, a, a lot of the time. Certainly, you look to the end of, of 12 when he won, when he won that, that SWRC title. Mm. Um, it, there, were, there, were, there were definitely three of them in the car then. For me, it, when you talk about that period of time, you've got to, got to, got to talk about Paul Nagel. Because mm-hmm. it, it was it, that would not have been an easy car to get into um, at that time because Craig is sorry Craig was such an emotional person that you just didn't know uh, in those early days after after Targa Florio in twelve when and how he he was going to be and mm. I you know I can't ever speak highly enough of Paul Nagel. And what he did, he was the guy. Absolutely, Paul was the guy that actually pulled Craig Breen's career, everything, his life back together. Um, because mm. Paul had to deal with with the breakdowns, you know, the road sections, the, and he had to put Craig back together uh, again. And he and he did. And you know, you talk to the family, and and Paul, they both Paul Paul Nagel and the Breen family, they are one family, uh, and mm. they really are. And you know, that's it's it's a overused. Um, that kind of family analogy, but it's true with those people. You know, they it's it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, the, the way that Craig came back um, and to win that championship in twelve, and to you know, remember, I think was it? It wasn't certainly it wasn't. Of course, it wasn't the first event, but one of the events very quickly in twelve was Finland, where he had that huge shunt at Kakaristo. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yeah. you know, as, as he's starting to come back, there's a big knock there, but the guy just rebuilt everything. And, mm-hmm. and I think the knowledge that, that Jaffa would have absolutely wanted Brini back in the car as soon as possible, doing it for the pair of them, you know, that, that would have helped him tremendously. And, and to go on and achieve what he achieved in both of their names was something that, that they can be enormously proud of upstairs. I'm sure they can. Absolutely, no, absolutely, David. Just, 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 you know that that rally in Finland that you're talking about. The, I see, I can't quite remember whether whether it was the first one back, but it was certainly very soon after. And I remember Paul telling me um, during the course of the rally, he said it was just, just Paul was a remarkable, is a remarkable fellow, um, and his his ability to connect, his ability to understand where drivers are at. And that was something that Chris Meek always said. He had this just ability to understand, just almost subliminally mm. understand what, what his his driver was thinking. Um, but he talked to me about, they were, they were coming up to one stage in Finland that year, um, and there were a whole load of Irish fans, as there always are in Finland, at the side of the road by the start <laughs> of the stage. And they had an enormous banner, an Irish flag with you know Jaffa across the centre of it. And he said, Craig just completely dissolved, completely dissolved, you know, as you can understand at that time. And you know, literally, they'd gone into the time control, they were at the start line, and he was still in bits, you know, just before the start of the stage. And it was a couple of words from Paul, two or three words from Paul, and he had his race face on, and he was off and he was through the stage. Mm-hmm. And he said, we got through the stage without any issues, any dramas, it was a beautiful stage. We got to the stop line and he dissolved again. Um, you know, and it, 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 was, it was just a sign of, you know, just how heavily Craig continued to feel that loss and how just remarkable a person Paul Nagel was at the time to be able to deal with it all. Yeah, utterly, grief. utterly grief remarkable, the pair of them. It was a great partnership, as you say, Colin. I can't imagine. I, I'm, I'm getting quite emotional just thinking about that right now, uh, yeah, what, what it was it. like. And, and uh, you know, as you say, I think uh, Paul is, and as we know, a fabulous bloke. And and he, he he really did. I mean, you you wouldn't have known that Craig was 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 in that situation for the most part. I do recall that that crash that they had, and uh, literally, uh, I don't think the car had even stopped. And Craig was his only point of concern. Are you okay, Paul? I, I can't remember the exact words, but he was just. Are you, are you sure you're okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine, and we're okay. It's not a problem. We're we're, we're good here. And there was a degree, a degree of assurance that just came to the front there that, that just said, um, just made it clear how heavily uh, 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 Craig took the responsibility of his co-driver. Um, at the same time, knowing that he had to continue, um, 
and and should continue with with the passion and you know as, as Gareth would have wanted them to. It's it's not we're not in the business of stopping rally. You know we we all know the risks and we all accept them. It doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't alter the debt when something happens and the way that we deal with it. Um, and Craig dealt with it, you know, with a, a degree of aplomb and humility. Um, never pitied himself at all for it. You know, it was always about Gareth, and uh, you know that that degree of just humility and r understanding the responsibility for me makes him just the you know as fine a human as you could come across. What was also amazing about that time is the fact that he wasn't embarrassed, he wasn't afraid to show his emotions and to Remarkable. share with us his grief as well, which I think was um, uh, very helpful for other people who may have been putting on a brave face and, and been cracking on when, you know, when you do have to deal with grief, sometimes you feel you have to behave in a certain way, whereas your instincts are telling you something else. Craig was very much in touch with his instincts in that side of things and I, I really, really admired that with him. My name is Josie Rimmer. I work at Dirtfish as the Head of Strategy and Women in Motorsport Coordinator. And I'm just not sure that Craig's passing has even sunk in for any of us yet. Um, but I think if there's one thing, you know, as I'm watching videos and onboards and and listening to him speak, I think the one massively important thing that he was <laughs> a master at reminding us of is just how incredible the sport of rally is. You know, watching him this season uh, with the massive smile on his face at the end of every stage saying that, you know, life felt like kind of a black hole when he wasn't in a rally car. Um, you know, being reminded of that joy and that utter disbelief at the opportunity to be in a rally car, to be sliding through the woods that fast, to be experiencing the emotion of it all. It was really quite magical to watch. And I think we can all be infinitely grateful for that love and to be reminded of that love when sometimes it's easy to take the sport for granted. So. Dirtfish will miss him. We'll be thinking about Craig often, uh, his family, his friends, and uh, yeah, hope he's up there partying with Ken. <laughs> Twenty twelve, as you mentioned there, David, the SWRC title, and then the step up to the big boys. Colin, what would you say was Craig's finest performance? In a, in a rally one car. Wow. Uh, I've stepped. I've, you know, I'm, I changed I'm so, lane there a bit for you. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Um. I. I. You know, I'm so relieved, least relieved to be able to say it was his last performance. His last performance yeah. in Sweden was, I think, his greatest drive in a in a, a top line rally car. Um. He he was very close to winning that, and he he should have won it. And you know, if he'd not had that unfortunate tire failure shall we call it, on Saturday afternoon, he probably would have won that event. And, and he was just, you, you have to put these things in context. When you talk about mm -hmm. the, the, the best performance, it's not necessarily his best result. It's not necessarily the rally mm -hmm. he won most stages in. It is the context of that performance which makes it all the more remarkable. Off the back of, as George has already described, a very testing year at M Sport. Uh, a lot of people doubting whether or not he could actually cut it in a rally one car. And he came back and put in the most assured, the most confident, uh, just the most remarkable performance. And, and you know, he had the, 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 the dignity to, to at least try and <laughs> do what the team wanted him to do at the end, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and swap that position with, with Thierry Neuville. But yeah, I, I just, it's, there's something fitting in the, his last performance for me. Uh, in a world rally car was his best performance. Uh, you know, unless there's another one anyone else can think of, I think that stands out to me. I, I think, Cole, you could even take that a step further. And you could, you could even say, you could take it down to his finest stage because his finest stage was that, I, I think, was oh, it the first or the second Bradley. stage on... Bradley. on Bradley. No, 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 it wasn't Bradley oh. because that, oh, no, it, that worked for him in terms of the running order Saturday yeah. morning. 
Yes. Saturday yes. morning when he yes. was when everybody was it was a level playing field. They were all in the yeah. same bunch. Yeah, and he was quickest. And we'd <laughs> sat in the car, Cole, that Saturday morning, yeah. and said, "This is a test now for Brini. Yeah. This is the moment. If he can hit back, if he can show and still win stages today, he's back." And he mm. did, and he absolutely did. And I can't, yeah, I can't remember if it was the first or second, but the joy in our car to know that that boy had, mm. had, had done it and. You know, you could see that Saturday morning that it just filled him with even more confidence because everybody knows what a Friday is about. Everybody knows it's about where you are on the road and, you know, leading at the end of Friday is nice, but it's not everything. Um, to do it Saturday morning was amazing. Uh, and I think you're, you're right. You know, that was it was some some result uh, to, to, to pick himself up um, with, with that uh, with that Swedish effort. For for me, it was every high speed stage where he wowed fans like we saw on that stage. That one little <laughs> clip in Finland, that was his mm. finest hour. That is that godlike performance that rally drivers reach that 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 euphoric point where they can do no wrong. Yeah, obviously he did that in Sweden. In terms of an event, that was definitely a, a seminal event. But every time he got into a car in a fast stage, the guy was just fantastic fantastic but in fairness we've we've completely overlooked absolutely the most important result which of course was winning Kilani in an m3 at the end of whatever year it was uh, or you know anything any event he ever started in a metro uh and that yeah. you know you look back um it's one of the the most amazing things that he, we talk to craig all the time um and you know even so late there was plenty of conversation going on about what was coming this week and what he'd done with the Sierra with that ex Frank Marker that he got and what we could do. And we were trying to keep it away from the Koreans and not tell him too much uh, <laughs> about what we'd got planned because he hadn't really got permission from them to do it yet. And, and it was just, it was always amazing. But the thing, the conversation that I really, we did a lot, I think, with Craig around and during lockdown uh, and just mm -hmm. talked a lot during lockdown about what was going on and what we were up to. And I remember talking about, I'm sure it was like his first memory when he was really young and, and what was his first memory. And I'm sure that one of the earliest memories was, was the walls of his bedroom shaking when, when his dad started the 6R4. Because uh, <laughs> maybe they had an internal garage or something. And if you started a, a 6R4 in an internal garage, the whole house shook. Uh, and this is what happened. And... Just the memory from Craig and just the passion that you got from him just talking about a moment like that, you know, the walls of your bedroom shaking, <laughs> you know, you, you don't forget that sort of stuff. And, and I think it's, it's worth pointing out here, you know, that there that, that will be one listener short of, of Spin the Rally Pod this week um, because Breeny listened to this every week. You know, he listened to it when he was out running. Um, and if we got something wrong, he'd ring us and tell us. Um, and you know, the, just across every level of the sport, did, uh, was it Tuesday, Tuesday last week, geez, just Tuesday last week, he was with, uh, the junior 1000, the rally Academy boys in, in mm. Ireland. Um, <clears throat> and he went from yeah, there to jump support. on a plane yeah. and, you know, the, the start in February doing that that navigational event with 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 James Fulton in in Cavan just to put his arm around James a little bit and and just and actually just to be there with his brothers and sisters in in rallying because that's what they all were you know you you walk, we we did rally day a couple of years ago um and just to walk through rally day with with Craig Breen was unbelievable just the guy was an absolute rock star and there was nobody that wanted to be less of a rock star than, than him. You know, he just wanted people essentially to leave him alone so he could lie under lie on his back underneath a, a Mark II Escort and see what diff this guy was running in that car. And, he, you know, he just, he absolutely adored the sport and was just 100% an enthusiast, first and mm -hmm. foremost. I wrote him, I'm, I'm going on a bit here, I'll stop now. But I wrote in my piece that, that, you know, Craig Breen wanted to be a world champion. He wanted to win rounds of the world championship. But more than anything, more than any of that, he just wanted to know 
that he could keep opening the door of a rally car and get in it and drive it. And we saw that, you know, with his with his decision, with the, the move from a full programme with M Sport to a half programme. It was so much more about the results. It was so much about living the life that he was living. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he was, you know, people again blithely talk about, oh, he's living the dream. Brini, you know, there was there were nightmares within that dream, of course, where we've talked about them, but he was living that dream. Um, you know, the talk of the of the M3 and trying to get him to consider doing a gravel rally in the M3, which he was never, ever, ever going to do. But just, you could ring Craig at any point during the day or night and immediately get into a chat about anything from rallying in the last 50 years. Uh, and, and it would be the most engaging chat and, you know, didn't limit him to rallying either. You know, you talk to him about the dogs or the <laughs> anything you know he mm-hmm. was just he was just a lovely he was just a great human being you Full mentioned stop. that um he he yeah. never really got dragged in by the trappings he, you know i think the phrase is he tra- he treated the imposters just the same it wasn't mm. about the trappings it was about the job and it was almost um yes the rock star status was it was kind of almost like a surprise to him it's like oh okay yeah we've got this as well but I'm I'm just going to go and drive the car as well. Um, my um, my my thoughts on his greatest finest performance. Uh, I think, like everyone else, I was waiting for that rally win that would be, you know, the first mm-hmm. of, of yep. many in the car. Um, but and and again, Sweden was amazing. But this is where I fell in love with the man. I think in in 2011, what impressed me was outside that cow shed in the Bilth Wells showground after the biggest win of his career to date with that WRC Academy title was his humility, which we keep talking about how humble he was and how at the point that he had achieved so much, he was emphasising that his success was a team effort. He thanked his parents, but then was at massive pains to thank his sister, Kelly, for all the sacrifices that she'd made and that had been forced upon her, the things that she'd had to give up as a young woman growing up so that he and the family could follow his dream. And I, I just thought that reminding everyone about those people who may be part of our family, but not necessarily part of our rally addiction, who get dragged in and, and who miss out on things because of what we do or what they do. I just thought that was incredible to be thinking of her at that time was so classy and, and that, that will go down as... Well, I mean, it it was every day for him, but it it was an absolute revelation for me. My name is Nate Tennis. I am the chief instructor at Dirtfish Rally School. Wanted to share a few feelings about uh, Craig Breen and uh, a massive loss to the entire rally world. Um, To me, um, I I had never met Craig. Uh, I was very much looking forward to that possibility in the coming years as I feel like he and I would have got along swimmingly. But it uh, appears, and from what I've heard, it sounds like that's a pretty common thing. Uh, he seemed to be a very likable, uh, approachable, honest person and uh, someone who has a, an extremely healthy passion for rallying, um, much like I do. So I just sort of assumed that I would get along well with the guy and, and I feel like we would have possibly even been friends. So uh, selfishly, I feel like it's a loss of a friend that I had never met. And uh, that's, um, I think it's a, a huge loss for the whole rallying community as well and that um, Craig was able to show how hard being a top-level driver is, um, as well as give you an insight into the fact that uh, uh, what he was doing wasn't easy, but it meant a lot to him. And that level of personality is something that um, is is pretty rare. Uh, uh, Professional drivers are groomed to not show emotion and give the... (laughs) give the words that are supposed to be given and um, Greg thankfully wasn't able to necessarily do that and, and show the true emotion and of the moment and, and what he was going through um, 
And in a way, I think that made him also seem like a friend. And that you could see on Craig's face what was happening to him in the same way that uh, you could recognize in a, in a good friend what they were thinking and feeling without having to actually speak with him. So um, big, big loss. Uh, I feel like I've lost a friend. Again, I haven't even met him. Um, so heart goes out to his family and friends and uh, a terrible trying time. The whole world of rallying is uh, at a low point right now. Rest in peace, Craig. He was also an excellent wind-up artist. <laughs> King of the crack and joy in what he did spilled over oh, in every geez. element of his life. Behind the wheel, of course, he hit absolute overdrive and at the stage end you'd get that afterglow. But my favourite memory <laughs> remains his sense of fun and skill in winding you up, Colin. Oh, and my can goodness. I say, do you remember... <laughs> pop-up valves. Yes. Lisa, when you said, when you said that note this morning, oh it, what popped into my mind instantly was Poland's 2015 pop-off valve. Pop Would you like to explain? <laughs> yeah, listen. Uh, oh, my word. There are so many happy memories from that trip. 2015, Poland. I think Paul, I think the year before Poland had uh, can been I, Can ERC. I point out that being stuck in the studio, I didn't have so many happy memories because stages kept getting cancelled and there was a lot of talking to be done yeah. whilst you were enjoying well, having a lovely chat with, with Craig. Oh, enjoying <laughs> his company, enjoying every second of his company. Yeah, he'd, he'd been to Poland before with the ERC and I think, um, I can't remember how well he did, but 2015 he didn't have a driver and he came along to support us at Rally Radio, actually to work with us at Rally Radio. And he came along with his best mate Paddy who, who uses a wheelchair. And, you know, it was nothing to Craig. It was nothing he... he, he as, as anyone who has any wheelchair users in their family, you, you know it can be difficult. Life doesn't make things easy for wheelchair users. And, you know, it was nothing to Craig. He absolutely dealt with the airport, the aeroplane, into the car. Oh, come on, Paddy, I'm, I'm going to have a... I'm going to have a crack this weekend at Poland. You're coming with me and you're going to enjoy it just as much. Uh, I can tell you a story about Paddy in a minute, but I'll tell you about the pop-off valve. <laughs> so it's the first stage. It's the oh. first stage. The first stage. And it was the super special, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that, that notorious super special where Yari Matic stuffed it a few years before and, and cost maybe, you might argue, uh, Harvard and his title. Uh, but we're standing there. Um, at the side of the track, and we're doing a bit of commentary, and we're talking to the drivers, and one of the cars had a problem, and it was one of the, the WRC cars. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with that car? And Craig goes, pop-off valve, call, pop-off valve. He's got, it's got to be the pop-off valve. And, and he turned away. He turned away, oh, my thanks, Craig, that's great. I'll tell everyone it's the pop-off valve. So I've started waxing lyrically about how this car, this world <laughs> rally car, has got a problem with its pop-off valve. And I've turned around. And he was doubled over and there were tears streaming <laughs> down his face. Streaming down his face. At that moment, I thought, I've been had. I've been had big time. Uh, clearly, a world rally car doesn't have a pop-off valve. But I told the whole world <laughs> that this car that was limping around the super special stage had problems with its pop-off valve. And, you know, and, it, and it, it, there was nothing malicious. There was nothing malicious in, 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 in Craig at all. But he just loved every minute of it. On that same trip, when we were on the recce, um, as you head out towards, I can't remember, the northern stages there, you, you got to a point where you could see Russia, you could see Latvia, you were in Poland, and there was a big water tower. And you could climb up to the top of this water tower. Now, anyone that knows me knows I am absolutely terrified of heights. But for some reason, Craig and I decided we were going up to the top of this water tower to get this magnificent view of these four countries from the top. So off we went, and I just about managed the spiral stairs. Now, I then made a mistake, and I walked out onto the balcony. It was one of those mesh balconies, you know, with, with, with a railing, but a mesh balcony. Uh, and I completely froze. I completely froze. Now, there are people piling up the stairs behind us, so I couldn't turn around and go back. I had to go around the outside. And to be fair to Craig, there was a minute of laughter. Not even a minute, a second. And then, then he could see the complete terror and he knew I was in trouble. Now, if that had been you, David Evans, you would have just stopped laughing and you would still be laughing to this day. To this day, you would still be laughing at my predicament. But Craig instantaneously realised, actually, you know, Colin might be a bit of a halfwit, but he's in trouble here. 
Uh, and he put his arm around me and he led me, he led me around the outside of this, shaking like a leaf, almost <laughs> crying, back into the other side and back into the sanctuary of the, the spiral staircase and downstairs. And, uh, you, know, you know, for me, that was just, it was just such a, a lovely moment. He, yeah, yeah, he wanted to laugh, as all your mates would do, but he didn't. He didn't laugh. He, he looked after me well. And that, <clears> that trip was just the most remarkable, remarkable trip for, for, for many reasons. And, uh, yeah, you know, stories to be told, but maybe to be told another day from that one. Mm. Yeah. I think one, one thing, just to jump in there, when, when we were talking about, about Paddy, about Whack, was we talked about Craig not being Whack. not the being the super well. not being the superstar, uh, but I do remember one year in what was it was Danny's bar or something, wasn't it that that yeah. Irish yeah. pub on the roundabout in Lorette de Mar, and this it's actually I'm sure it's on it's on YouTube as Breeny walks in on the Sunday night in there. Oh my lord, the the noise and the just the atmosphere. The guy was an absolute legend walking in there. Mm. And then what did he do? He then got on Wack's shoulders, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and the pair of them were in the wheelchair. It, honestly, yeah. it, it was yeah. just, you know, there's, we talked briefly about the family there, about Ray and Jackie and, and Kelly, and, and he touched so many people. Um, and I, I spoke to Paddy briefly uh, over the weekend, and we will we'll talk more with, with Paddy because... Those pair were 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 brothers, weren't they? You know, yeah. I mean, just it's a mark of the man that you know he didn't just take Paddy on 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 rallies. <laughs> he put him in a in a rally car, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and 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 you know they won rallies in, in a Mark II Escort. I mean, yeah. oh my David, goodness me! Can you remember the story about the test in the Mark II Escort where it caught fire? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And Craig was so concerned about Paddy not being able to get out of the car quick enough. That he actually considered opening the door and pulling the handbrake to throw him out. You know, to, to literally to put the car into a spin to throw him out. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. I, I think we should. You're right. We we do. We we perhaps need to get whack on on the podcast. But there is just that one story called when we were in Poland, uh, and there was the who was the Andorran skier who turned to rallying when he had that. Oh. Oh. Skiing accident. Albert Yovera. Albert Yovera. Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely, lovely fella. And Paddy met him. <laughs> and then Paddy, it's, obviously, Lovera is is tremendously uh, talented oh. driver and, and just a great person. And mm. Paddy noticed that he was getting a reasonable bit of interest from the ladies. Uh, and Paddy figured that perhaps he needed to up his own story. So he, he downloaded a picture of a skier <laughs> and put it on his Instagram and said, this was me before the accident. Only not realizing that he downloaded a picture of a woman skier. <laughs> oh, we need, we need to get Paddy on. We need to get Paddy on. But just, you know, and Craig and Paddy were at the heart of all of those Stories and you remember, Cole, when 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 they rolled the the wheelchair in the mud, and Paddy came out absolutely covered in mud, and uh, and it was just you know there were a bunch you'd say mates, but they were so much more, and and they were just so much more. you know we laugh yeah. and laugh and laugh, and then suddenly the laughing stops, doesn't it? When you think mm -hmm. the hole that has been left for everybody, it's it's just yeah. enormous. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. The last time I sat with Craig for any length of time was in Kenya uh, last year. Uh, I had breakfast with him for about, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. I was desperate to make him win the rally. Um, and I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure he really trusted anything I said because he went and he went and did exactly what I said you shouldn't do, which was rattle <laughs> the car over some rocks. <laughs> but we all do that, George. I, I did, I did speak to him. I did speak to him afterwards, and he just looked at me with a blank face. That was it. You know, there was, it was, there was nothing, nothing to be said on that one. Um, but I was desperate. I, you know, I was so sure that he could win Safari Rally uh, last year in in that Ford. You know, he just what you had to not do was damage the car. The car was fast enough. You just needed to find that rocking point of the the right performance. And I felt that he would have been able to do it there. But he, you know, it 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 was it was going well. Um, uh, and he just uh, he just got 
not not carried away. He, he you know he was he'd been pulled along by the pace of the front cars, and in reality, if he'd done what I said anyway, he'd have, he'd have finished fourth or fifth. Uh, he wouldn't have won. So oh, hindsight he, he, there, George. He, he, he did he hindsight. did the right thing. He did the right thing. He 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 pushed on and and did his best, but just r- rattled the car over some rocks. Badly. So uh, we are into a rally week. Um, we need to mention Croatia, David. What's <clears throat> What's 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 on the schedule? It's well, going to be very difficult. It's going to be so tough. It it's going to be you know I'm 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 not actually in Croatia. It clashes with Olympus Rally, which obviously is Dirtfish's own rally in in Washington. So I'm in America for for that event. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a very strange, very strange atmosphere uh, in the service park. And obviously, we will. Everything is is set to run as scheduled, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, the the itinerary won't change. Uh, there is there's been some debate through the weekend uh, regarding Hyundai's participation, um, whether they run cars for Thierry and and Esapeka. Uh And as we speak, we still wait for for, for confirmation of that decision. Um, you know, it's probably uh, worth mentioning. We are recording this on, on Monday, Monday morning. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, it's just it, it's an impossible position, isn't it? Because I think the yeah. one thing that the the service park could agree on right now is that Brini would want everything to go ahead as normal, um, categorically, David. Categorically, um, yeah. But the, you know, when you've got corporations like Hyundai involved. It, it's very, very difficult decision for them to make, and you can only sympathise with them uh, as they as they try to make that decision. And just, you know, we we've talked a lot this morning about our own feelings. We, we were fortunate enough to spend chunks of time with Craig, um, but this that was his 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 on event family, wasn't it? You know, the same with all of the teams that he's worked with, with with M Sport, with with Citroen, with with everybody, with Peugeot. They're the ones that you know they they do breakfast, lunch, and dinner with him. Uh, and and people like at Hyundai, like Nicoletta, like Nikki Russo, uh, the PR. You know she she and Craig were were super close. Uh, and she you know she's just the loveliest person. And how do you pick yourself up? You know when you're expecting to laugh your way through a rally week with with Brini, um, doing what Craig would do. Uh, and and he's just not there. And the one person I think that we we absolutely need to talk more about, or we need to talk about, is James Fulton. Uh, you know, James stepped in when when Paul decided to retire at the end of last year. Um, James was in there for Japan, um, and was just in the way that Paul jumped into the car after after Jaffa had gone. You know, his co-drivers leave huge shoes, don't they? Um, and James was was filling those enormous boots left by Paul Nagel, uh, and your heart absolutely goes out to the fella. Uh, you know he's at the start of his career, and we will do whatever we can do to help James uh, continue because he's clearly a world class co driver. So he he deserves to continue whether he whether he feels he he can or not after after what he's been through. It's it's just tough. You know, across every aspect um, of this, it's 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 just tough. This accident has left so many of us heart sore, and we didn't necessarily have the closeness with Craig that the Hyundai team, and of course his family as well, and his co-drivers, his rallying family, um, who, as you say, saw him and enjoyed his company um, on a more intimate level. It's just incredible the response to his passing on social media. There, there are people who are bereft that the, the news has just absolutely floored so many people. It's um, it's a real testament to what an impact Craig Breen had on the lives of many people, many rally fans. Mm. Oh yeah. You said it there, Lise. You know, he was, it was, it was, it, he was enormous, and for every reason that we talked about, you know, because he wasn't just a WRC driver, you know, he he just he he loved the sport on 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 every level, and I was incredibly fortunate in that my own my boy Ollie 
was a huge Craig mm. Breen fan in the way that I was a huge David Llewellyn fan. Ollie was a huge and is a huge Craig Breen fan. And, and Breenie would send him messages, send him caps, bring him, you know, whenever Ollie skived off school for the day to go to Rally GP, Breenie would be there. You know, when we were at the end of a stage, he'd, he'd open a door, he'd pull him in, he'd, he'd, he'd take a selfie of him and Ollie, which he never sent me. Uh, and <laughs> just, he was, as I said, you know, forget the rallying side of things. He was a stellar human being. Totally, David. And I think that's the thing. And we can talk and we have talked a lot about his achievements. We've talked about, you know, uh, your memories of him. But you know, at the end of the day, Craig Bream was just a very, very good man. Just a good person. Yep. Um, and I think that's why people loved him so much. He, you know, there was there was there was no ego to him. Um, you know, he, he just was a very good, caring, loving, humble person, and that's why so many people feel as if they've lost someone that, that was so close to them. Mm. Um, because he was just a good person. That's the point, you know. You know, when when this is done, you know, when you look back in in however long. One thing that, that Ray and Jackie can take just the most pride in is as parents, they, they brought the most incredible young man up. And, you know, Craig yeah. did yeah, them yeah, yeah. absolutely proud uh, on every single level, on every level. And he certainly he introduced me to the concept of reboiling the kettle as well when you need to get your tea. Tea had to be hottest of hottest of hot and i'd never considered this Breeny would would let the kettle click off then re-click it and click it and i thought craig it's it's 100 degrees no 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 it's not and you had to keep your finger (laughs) on the button three or four times to get it absolutely boiling and uh, he was the man uh, who taught citron how to make a cup of tea it was always (laughs) coffee before in the citron service area (laughs) that's a you know just a very quick one as well (laughs) his citron introduced him to so much though in return like lasagna (laughs) (laughs) craig was not somebody who would eat fancy food um and 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 citron definitely helped to expand mm. his uh, his culinary imagine, expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember so many reckies and stuff when he'd sat and Scotty would be tucking into lasagna <laughs> and Craig would just be staring at it. Steak and chips, that was it. Steak and chips or nothing else, that was yeah. it. With no green, nothing green nothing on his plate. Green. Even an Irishman was very odd, but it was lit- if there was anything green on his plate, the whole thing went back. The whole thing. <laughs> no parsley. Um, we are going to share um, some more tributes on the website at dirtfish.com. Thanks for listening. If you want to pay your own tributes to Craig Breen, and I still can't believe I'm saying that, send them to us at Dirtfish Rally. Thank you guys for your contributions today. Yeah. Thank you, Lise, for the, for the rather sad mm. opportunity, but uh, lovely to talk about Craig uh, as such a great mate once again. Yeah. Well, the Irish are renowned for having so many magnificent sayings, like, may the road rise up to meet you, May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. But David, I think there's something more appropriate. Flat to the square right. <laughs>